Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Leadership with Linnea series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by one guest from the Actus Leadership Council ranks or a contributor from one of our Actus publications to discuss a topic relevant to leaders in the industry, whether or not they currently hold a traditional management title. Today's topic is opportunities in pediatric CDI, and I'm joined by my guest, Deanne Wilk, MPS, BSN, RN, CCDS, CCDSO, CDIP, CCS. Deanne is a CDI education specialist for Actus and HC Pro, which is a division of Simplify Compliance LLC based in Middleton, Massachusetts. She serves as a full-time instructor for the CDI boot camps and a subject matter expert for Actus. Deanna is an accomplished healthcare professional with a diverse background in health information, medical coding, nursing, and CDI. With a strong passion for making a difference, she has dedicated her career to improving the quality and integrity of clinical documentation within the healthcare environment for improved patient care. Before we jump into our conversation today, just a quick reminder that the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after posting. Those can be used toward your CCDS or your CCDSO recertification requirements. We'll show you the instructions at the end of the show today, so stay tuned for that. And now, before we jump into today's conversation with Deanne, a brief word about today's show sponsor. The Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card helps you improve patient acuity and severity by focusing on common areas of vague and non-specific physician documentation. Use the Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card to help your physicians remember key documentation points. This laminated wear-resistant six-panel card includes everything from documentation basics to severity of illness clinical indicators. It simplifies tips for common documentation improvement opportunities, and it fits easily in the physician's pocket. This product provides documentation basics for the short-term acute care patient setting, includes tips for discharge summary documentation, detailed documentation needed to establish a condition as a reportable diagnosis, includes key reminders for documentation needed to reflect patient acuity, offers advice for how to differentiate between acute, chronic, and resolved conditions, helps providers translate commonly vague documentation into a more precise associated diagnosis, folds for physicians to carry in their pockets, and is laminated for durability and easy cleaning. The Physician Documentation Integrity Pocket Card is sold in packets of 25 so that you can easily distribute it to physicians at your organization. You can learn more using the link in today's show notes. Thanks for joining me today, Deanne. I I know a couple weeks ago, we both had the just absolute pleasure of being at the Actus National Conference in Chicago, and I think the whole Actus team came back really invigorated and excited about what the next year holds. It's always a really exciting time for us and hopefully for our attendees as well. And for the 
first time this year, during our lunch break on day one of the event, we organized a few kind of topic-based networking tables for attendees to get to know each other, get to know people who are in similar roles or with similar problems as them. And I know that you ended up sitting with a group of pediatric CDI professionals, and it looked like you were having a great conversation. It was a packed table, and I think there were people kind of rotating in and out even. (laughs) So could you share a little bit about what they talked about, that enthusiasm that you saw, and why you think maybe pediatric CDI is really kind of taking hold at many organizations? Well, thanks so much, Linnea, for having me today. Yeah, the ACTUS conference this year was just amazing. There was such excitement, so many new attendees, and we had outstanding speakers and topics this year. Uh, I was excited by the number of pediatric attendees that gathered with us on day one. At times, they was standing room only. And um, it was so nice to see so many new attendees in the pediatric uh, arena that felt that they could really um, network and discuss the struggles that they deal with on a day-to-day and kind of get with their people. So it was really exciting to see. and They were so excited. And we had a lot of great conversation. Some of the things we talked about were uh, specific conditions, um, how they're querying, what to look for in the record, uh, the clinical indicators on specific conditions that they're using, Um, and really just how to further network um, after the conference. So it was really, really great conversation that we had. Yeah, I have often found that the pediatric group is, uh, at least in the past, kind of a smaller group, but very, uh, very mighty (laughs) in a sense. They are enthusiastic, and I, I always have a fun time chatting with them. They're just some of the most enthusiastic and engaged folks, so I'm glad you had that experience as well, and that there were so many of them. That's fantastic. So now, one of the things that I have heard our pediatric CDI folks say over the years is, uh, and I'm sure that a lot of them are probably saying this with me, children aren't just little adults. And therefore, CDI professionals who are making the leap from maybe reviewing records for an adult population to the pediatric population may have a bit of a learning curve making that transition. So For those who are just embarking on their pediatric journey, do you have any recommendations for where they could start? What will they need to kind of educate themselves on in that space? Well, we had a number of attendees at the conference that were new to pediatric CDI or their organization was planning or just established a pediatric CDI program. And as we know, pediatric reviews are very different than the adult population. And for a CDI specialist, I've seen many times where CDI um, specialists who have been reviewing adult are now thrown into the pediatric uh, arena and uh, are struggling. So it is very different. And, and we had talked about that a little bit, but, you know, even the vital signs are different. Lab values can be different. And then even signs and symptoms can be different than the adult population conditions. Procedures can be quite different, of course, especially with our congenital defects. And one common 
condition we often see, respiratory distress syndrome, is a commonly diagnosed yet misunderstood condition in the pediatric population. And we also covered some of the nuances that we see in NICU versus pediatrics. Not every facility has a neonatology unit, but they have their own subset of um, conditions and issues and nuances that they need to take a look at as well. So it really can be um, daunting for someone uh, just joining pediatrics, and they really need that that support and that networking and education. Totally. And I think so much of where they get that information is going to be through their peers. So I think things like the pediatric networking group within Actus, Aptus, the meeting at the table for lunch at the conference, even reading past journal articles and getting ideas and maybe contacting people who were quoted in those articles for some insight is really valuable um, with any new endeavor, but I think particularly with the pediatric population where it is so unique, it's you really have to lean on the on the people who've done it before. Yeah. Right. Um, right. I know I earlier this year we did an article for the journal about NICU and I was really blown away by all the different opportunities that they see in um for documentation and improvement in that population. Like it's just they're just looking at different diagnoses and different gaps um to really uh, make a difference in that population, and it's just totally different from your from your adult population. It's truly wild. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of times facilities, you know, we didn't always review pediatrics, and I think that facilities now, especially those that are looking at their quality measures, you know, those PDIs and things, are really starting to engage more on the pediatric side, and you start seeing. Uh, more and more widespread pediatric CDI programs. So I think this is a an area that will continue to expand um, over the coming years as well. Absolutely, and I'm excited to see it. I think it'll be it'll be fun to witness it. Yeah. So, speaking of all the different clinical conditions in the pediatric world, I know when we spoke before hitting record here, you had mentioned a few diagnoses that present common opportunities for professionals who are reviewing pediatric uh, records. The ones that you had mentioned to me were respiratory failure, sepsis, malnutrition, and COVID manifestations. So could you talk us through why those four offer so many opportunities and how CDI professionals can approach those topics in queries and education? Yeah, well, we consider those some of the heavy hitters in pediatrics, those conditions. And while a good majority of pediatric patients fall under APR DRGs, these conditions will continue to have a strong impact on the patient and the payer, um, and also on our quality measures. So respiratory failure for the NICU and PEDS populations has dissimilar criteria than adults. So you need to give considerations for your comorbid conditions, such as your cyanotic heart failure, chronic lung, such as BPD, uh, your left ventricular dysfunction. When we take a look at sepsis in particular, sepsis is also a condition we see in the newborn and our pediatric populations. 
We have to consider age as a factor in diagnosing sepsis. And now many programs are actually moving away from just previous SERS criteria to utilizing organ dysfunction contributors. So two great speakers we had at Actus, Joy Bombay and Sandra Love, had a great presentation on pediatric CDI that covered many aspects uh, of these and the programs. Uh, when we look at malnutrition, of course, hand grip strength is not as common, but our upper arm circumference is. We utilize Z-scores for malnutrition, which are difficult to understand by the CDI specialist and even sometimes the providers, which is why we rely so heavily on our nutrition experts. Uh, malnutrition for pediatric patients encompasses deviations of the Z-score, as well as percentages of weight gain velocity or weight loss, uh, and of course, inadequate nutritional intake. We also have to consider our determinants of um, our social determinants and um, other factors of the etiology of malnutrition, such as our cancers, and then including things like pancytopenia or our social determinants for abuse or neglect. And then on the COVID side, the COVID pandemic gave rise to some new diagnoses and not new in that they didn't exist before, but they manifested, as we uh, like to say, within the pediatric populations. So such as MIS-C, which is multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. And this can impact highly on vascular systems, digestive, the integumentary, and um, you know, cause inflammatory eye conditions. And we also saw a great deal of our long-term sequela, which we now term as long COVID arise. So lots of um, conditions that are particular to the pediatric populations that we need to ensure are consistently being documented, clinically supported, and defined and captured uh, within organizations. Yeah, that's great. And I, I think one of the things that always kind of blows my mind about the pediatric world is that, you know, sep things like sepsis, respiratory failure, malnutrition, those are heavy hitters for the adult population as well. Like CDI professionals have been looking at those for years and years and years. Right. But the clinical nuances are so different with your pediatric population just because they're they're not little adults. They're they're not mature yet. Uh, they're still developing. And it's just, it's so interesting. You can have a conversation with somebody who is transitioning to the pediatric world and they're like, oh yeah, well, I know what I need to know about sepsis and malnutrition and respiratory failure, but it's really, it's quite different. You're almost dealing with a completely different condition in some ways. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, you are. You absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, the COVID manifestations, just the gift that keeps on giving there. Um, right. Just horrible. Right. Not something any of us wanted to deal with. Right. So as we kind of wrap up our discussion here on pediatrics, um, obviously, we know so much of CDI work 
really hinges on having an engaged provider base. And particularly if an organization is branching out into pediatric reviews for the first time, the pediatricians may not be aware of CDI at all. So the professionals may be really starting from scratch in that area. So could you leave us with maybe some provider education words of wisdom, Deanne? Sure. So we, you know, we often find our neonatologists, our pediatric specialists are very busy, just like every provider is and physician. And it's important to engage them in developing strong clinical definitions for these conditions, um, as we mentioned, as well as gaining consensus um, within their own specialty um, to diagnose and clinically validate these conditions. So an example, like if we present respiratory failure to pulmonology, um, pediatric pulmonology, we want to ensure that all the pulmonologists in that group give input and consensus to uh, defining those clinical conditions. It's really important to do that. And providers really do love to educate. So let them educate you. Um, spend time with them, ask them questions, um, and, and let them share their knowledge with you. Um, even nursing, you know, pediatric um, CDI specialists, a lot of times uh, we try to incorporate our pediatric nurses into these groups, but not always. So um, get with pediatric nursing and let them educate you as well. So pediatric teams are often a single CDI specialist, sometimes a small team, um, depending on where you're working. And it's important for this subset of CDI to work with one another in-house, as well as across the country to share their knowledge and drive pediatric CDI practice. So again, as you mentioned, um, the National uh, Pediatric Networking Group is a great way to accomplish this. And um, you want to check the website for that, for the networking group. And it really, it's more than just CDI specials. There's uh, CDI, there's coders, there's physicians on there. They have um, given great presentations um, for each other in the past. When we look at from a provider education standpoint, though, the pediatric specialists are often forgotten as the population needs are different. So again, be sure to include these providers in your education discussions, especially when developing those organizational definitions for clinical conditions and uh, looking at developing protocols or smart phrases within your, your EMRs. It's really important to get their input and engagement. Yeah, I think it's it's such a collaborative opportunity for, I think, CDI specialists who are branching out to pediatrics to really work with the providers, like you said, learn from them, um, work in tandem more than just coming in and, right. and imposing <laughs> a right. CDI process. Yeah, yeah they, really, they really do appreciate the inclusion. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Deanne. This has been a really fun conversation. I always love talking about pediatrics. I just think it's fascinating. And frankly, children are terrifying is usually what I come away with. Um, but <laughs> this has been really fun. And unfortunately, we have run out of time for our discussion today. But as always, if our audience has any questions about the topic, do feel free to email the ACTUS team at info at I'll put that email address in today's 
today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app. So you can grab it from there. I would really encourage you if you are embarking in pediatrics, um, please reach out. We are happy to provide you with some some direction, some resources that you can look to, to as you kind of learn this new area and to get you connected with additional pediatric folks. And now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside the association. As Deanne and I discussed a little already, we are fresh off of the 2023 Actus National Conference earlier this month. We had just a fantastic time seeing so many of you in person in Chicago and learning from all of our fantastic speakers and poster presenters. If you were not able to join us last week, do note that Actus members have access to all the session materials in the Actus Resource Library. Simply click on the National Conference link under the Events and Education tab and then use the left-hand navigation menu on that page to find the conference materials. I will also put a link to that resource page in the show notes today. And again, this is an Actus member benefit, so it'll only be accessible if you are logged in as a member. Though the 2023 conference is really just in the rearview mirror, the Actus team is already planning for 2024's event, which I am delighted to share will take place April 8th through 11th, 2024 in Indianapolis. Because we are a month earlier next year than we usually are, this call for speaker applications is actually already open to those who are interested in taking to the podium next year. Not only do up to two speakers per selected presentation get free admission to the conference, but you'll also have a very valuable opportunity to grow professionally yourself and to share your hard-earned experience with the broader CDI community. Each of our sessions is one hour in length, with 45 minutes being devoted to presentation and 15 minutes devoted to audience Q&A. You are more than welcome to submit more than one session, but do note that you have to complete a separate form for each submission. The application also includes a dropdown to select whether you are applying to speak at the national conference or the outpatient symposium or the physician advisor pre-conference event, both of which take place immediately before the national conference in Indianapolis. You have until July 24th to submit your application and we'll include a link to all the details in today's show notes so that you can get started. Speaking on the national scale isn't the only way for you to get involved with the CDI community. Actus has more than 30 active local chapters and topic-based networking groups available for your benefit. You may have heard Deanne and I mention the pediatric networking group during our conversation today. Many of the groups meet on a quarterly basis. They offer virtual meetings and they provide continuing education credits to their attendees. Plus, connecting with your local chapter or your networking group means that you'll have a community of CDI professionals available when you run into questions or need some support in your role. 
Well, you can certainly simply join a chapter and participate in the meetings. We also do encourage folks to volunteer to speak at the local and topic-based meetings to share their expertise and really grow their professional presenting skills. Preparing a presentation and speaking at a chapter event may be kind of the perfect training ground for new presenters who hope to join us on the national stage in future years as well. So definitely take advantage of that. To volunteer as a chapter speaker, simply fill out the official local chapter roster form, which I will link in the show notes. It includes a question about your willingness to speak at future events, and we will pass that information along to the chapter leaders as they plan for their future events. Additionally, Actus currently does not have local groups in all states, but we would really love to. That would be a fantastic thing to see happen over the next few years. And if you are in a state that does not currently have a local chapter, but you would be willing to help get one off the ground, shoot us an email at info at and we will talk with you about the next steps in that process. Um, The Actus National Team is really here and willing to help support your local networking efforts, and we would really love to hear from you. It is one of the most fun things that we do around here is working with our local chapters. So if you are interested in getting one off the ground in your state, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find out more about chapters and networking groups on the website and just simply click on the local chapters and networking groups item under the networking tab of the website, or you can simply just use the link in today's show notes. Our local chapter leaders are really passionate about CDI and about connecting with others in their either their geographic area or their area of expertise. And I know that they would love to hear from you and um, get to feature your expertise on their own stages over the coming year. So definitely look into that opportunity if you have not already. As a reminder, before we close out, each Actus podcast episode now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used towards recertifying your CCDS or your CCDSO credential for anyone who listens to the show in the first two days from the time of publication. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on the Actus podcast link under the resources tab and then clicking on today's episode from the list on that page that is just below the show description. Then follow the instructions in the show notes for today's episode. Your certificate will be automatically emailed to you upon submitting the brief evaluation form. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, May 26th at 11 p.m. Eastern. After that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode after that. If you listen to all the episodes and claim all the CEUs for our episodes this year, including the past ones and today's, you'll have earned 13 free CEUs for the year, which means that over the course of a two-year recertification cycle, you could earn 26 CEUs just by listening to the podcast towards your recertification requirement of 30 CEUs. So you can get all but four just through listening to the podcast episodes. So definitely make sure you are taking advantage of that. 
With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We'll be back in two weeks on Wednesday, June 7th for our next show, which will be part of our Talking CDI series. During that episode, Actus Director of Programming Rebecca Hendren will be discussing leadership development with a special guest. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it's available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All of the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we would really appreciate it if you would take a minute to leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the Free Music Archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please email us at info at actus.org. I hope you all have a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, and until next time, take care, everyone.